So this episode is a little different than what we typically do at Adventuring with Osteoarthritis, but I thought it could be interesting. I was actually interviewed by Peter Fitzpatrick, who works with Thinkific. That's actually an online course platform and software. And in this episode, we actually dove behind the scenes of how Keep the Adventure Alive got started, how it grew to where it is now, and why I am so passionate about helping you, helping people with osteoarthritis, not only find pain relief, but find adventure. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about online business and what that looks like, or if you have osteoarthritis and just want to hear a different perspective of how I came to this topic and why I am here helping you and putting all of my time, all of my energy into giving you the best resources possible. You may find this episode interesting. So without further ado, let's get started. We're here to talk today about Alyssa's, um, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name properly. This is actually the first time the two of us have been on the phone together. Am yes. I saying- <laughs> yes. Okay, good. I have done that before where I had it wrong and then I found out afterwards and that sucks. I respond to it also. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about your journey, um, building your business and getting to a place where you're able to serve so many people. And I think a lot of people on this live will know you already, um, but some won't also. Would you mind just like really quickly talking about who you are? and how you serve your community. And then maybe I'll do the same and then we can jump in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Someone just asked about the audio. I'm literally using the wired good old OG headphones. So <laughs> I'm glad it sounds good. Okay. Um, so I am a physical therapist by trade. And about three years ago, I um, started just getting burnt out in healthcare. And this is not a new story. I mean, um, our healthcare is obviously a bit different than yours, um, and I don't know much about Canadian healthcare, but here in the U.S., we have some things that are not so great about traditional healthcare. And so, essentially, long story short, I had the opportunity in physical therapy school to lead kind of a CrossFit style class at an independent living facility. And these people were 80, 90, squatting, jumping, running, doing all kinds of things, which a lot of people think you're 80, 90, you are spending life on the couch, essentially. But then I was working at home care, seeing people after total knee and hip replacements. And I saw the opposite. People are 50 and 60 and barely able to leave their homes, getting surgery early because they thought that they had no other choice. And we're just in this bad spot at such a young age. And so there highlighted a gap there. There was an, a huge gap between, okay, I need to get to these people before they get to this point, before they are already in their orthopedic surgeon's office and show that there are other options because online it's just all doom and gloom. And so I started creating content. And at first I started creating content for older people. So we're talking like in the 70s, 80s, because that's pretty much the population I was seeing. But then I started to realize that it was resonating with people and that people much younger needed this information. And so I started kind of tailoring it more towards um, osteoarthritis specifically because it's such a common condition that can dramatically impact a lot of people's lives. And so then it just kind of started taking off from there. Um, My business started off as Move Well, Age Well. And so I was targeting this older demographic and then um, I had to pivot 
and I switched my name to keep the adventure alive um, because somebody else had age well and they didn't want me to use it apparently. Um, but it actually was a blessing in disguise because now um, keep the adventure alive has such a more positive connotation and definitely brings in those people that are more active and that want to hike and bike and all of those things that isn't commonly associated with arthritis. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now and where we're rocking and rolling. You know, there's a couple things that I picked up on about your story. The first thing is typically when we think of medicine, we think of remedies. Yes. And things that, that we do once we are sick. And that like in, in traditional pharmaceutical anyways, and most of the medicine industry like all the money flows to places where we're fixing people who are already sick. It's very so reactive. You're building a business that's not that. You're building a business that's like, let's help people stay healthy and young. And Which is also a bit of an uphill battle too, um, just because we have been programmed to be so reactive in our healthcare that getting people to be proactive isn't always the easiest, but it's definitely trending more into like a wellness, proactive, holistic type approach. And that's so cool that you're taking that on because you could alternatively do the alternative, like do the easier road. Right. Um, why, why don't you? Actually, that's a great question. Because what I have found is a lot of people find themselves just chasing a lot of different pain relieving things. I mean, you can, if you do a Google search, I mean, you can find all kinds of different things from like red laser therapy to supplements to all of these different things. And what I found is you can get so lost in that. And I always like to kind of describe it. Like if you were to go to Ikea and buy a piece of furniture, but have no instruction booklet. So you're essentially just trialing and erroring all of these things and you just end up in this, either the same spot where you're at, where all the pieces are strewn all over the place, or you maybe find pain relief or find a way, but you it took you 10, 20 times longer and the disease kind of progressed along the way. Um, so I found that if you catch it, and with a lot of conditions, if you catch it more on the earlier side, you have a much better chance of increasing your chances for pain relief and adventure and all kinds of things. But it is something that it's not too late. And research continues to push and push and push for conservative treatment, exercise, movement, all of these things. Um, and a lot of people want to avoid surgery. Yeah. And so that that is the way that I found to be the most powerful that a lot of people aren't talking about. Totally. Well, and I'll introduce myself because yeah. But just but just before I do, we have a bit of a mixed audience here, right? So half half the group is going to be coming f and knowing you very well, and then some of them will be here knowing me. Sure. Yeah. Two audiences of different objectives, I think. So I'll introduce myself and then comment on that last thing you said. Yeah. Um, but my name is Peter Fitzpatrick, and I am building um, education content, rational content that helps people who want to build audiences that are large enough to support their business learn mm -hmm. how to do so. And I came to this because I'm also uh, a leader at a th company called Thinkific. Yeah, which is sure. One of the leading course platforms in that people use to create and sell online courses and communities. And it's my job there to help people sell more. So I'm trying to figure out what can we do to help creators, people like Alyssa, sell more. Yeah. And I noticed this, this like, there's a binary difference between people who are successful and not. And that was if they have an audience. 
and so I set out to try and figure out like what is it that makes how do people build audiences yeah and there's not very much good information out there and all of it that's out there a lot of it's put out there by companies that don't really know what they're doing they've like read a bunch they think about it but there's no one there actually doing it right and those people who do share it have 400,000 followers or, or like the information they provide is old or stale. yeah no, for so sure. I'm starting at zero, trying to see how fast I can get to 50,000 followers, documenting the whole thing. Yeah. And then having conversations with people like you about how to do this, how to serve audiences over Instagram. And it's crazy the amount of organic reach that's possible right now. Um, and just the amount of people that you can impact just from social media alone. And that's been such an amazing journey along this is that I have people that are excited to see exercises and people that are excited to, you know, wake up and see some reel that I was doing. So it's just, it's crazy. And it's, I mean, so cool. I think. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to say earlier that I've noticed is true amongst those that succeed at this is there is an authentic purpose that sits behind the work they're doing. Sure. And I can feel it from you immediately when you start talking about why it makes sense to do pro be proactive before we get yeah. sick or versus like dealing with um, a broken hip once it's taken place. Um, so I just wanted to point that out for those here that are interested in building an audience on Instagram, on helping others, on like reaching people through this platform or YouTube or social or anything really. The, the authenticity behind it, which we see coming through with Alyssa, is, is like the most important piece I think of the whole thing. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Um, Cause you can tell like on certain things, if they have like other people running their accounts or if they're just posting to post. And so it can be challenging in that way to kind of weed through some of those things. Um, Cause definitely social media has some negative impacts too, but um, for the most part, it's just crazy how you can affect other people. Oh, Linda says she's binary of us both. She needs a tandem of our services to do. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Tell us what you mean, Linda. What exactly would you, would you want that to look like? I'd love to hear about it. Um, all right, cool. Well, so one thing I wanted to ask you, you kind of went into this already. So maybe, but I wanted to ask like how much, detail have you gone into in thinking about the audience you serve like the person that's on the other side of the screen that you're creating these videos for how do you think about them what what level of detail have you sort of defined somewhere a lot <laughs> um because i kind of found out early on that the messaging is the most important part of connecting with an audience and early on things weren't, you know, catching on, they weren't being seen by a lot of eyes. And so I really listened to so many podcasts and so much and got a different perspective on how to message and how to connect with audiences. And I am everywhere. So I have lots of, I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. And I experiment a lot in those, in a Facebook group and on these different platforms. I look at, I don't have somebody responding to my comments for me. I do all of that. I take mental notes of all of those things. Um, I take mental notes of emails. I do a lot of surveys and ask a lot of questions, but then I take those answers and I literally have a Google sheet of 
every answer that somebody had said about like, what's one thing that they want to be able to do? What's one thing that will make you happy? Cause that's what people are chasing. That's what people are looking for. So I have a list of probably 200 answers that I copy and pasted. And every time I do something, every time I make something, every time I make a reel, I look at that and say, okay, I'm going to speak to this person today. This person wants to sit cross-legged. So we're going to do a video on that. Would I have ever thought that I would make a video on sitting cross-legged? Would I have ever thought that that would have been something somebody wanted to do? Probably not. But on this list, it was mentioned multiple times. So that's where we are. Um, so I spend a ton of time um, personally responding to emails. I don't have a customer service rep. I read everything. And so I just kind of take personal notes of that and just start tweaking things. Um, I share a lot of wins of other people, which I think is important. And one of the things that I get a lot is, do I personally have arthritis? Or the audience I'm targeting is 30, 40, 50, 60, and I'm 29. Like, what do I have to say about this? And it's interesting because that has been a point of a sticking point for a little while, but it's also the fact of highlighting other people, actually like people with osteoarthritis doing these things. And so I've done a lot of testing on movements and things. I have um, a few in-person clients that I've been able to take videos and things of to really help kind of show that, I mean, your doctor doesn't have every cardiac issue you have. And, you know, your doctor doesn't necessarily have each condition, but they're able to guide you and able to use their knowledge. And so that's what I'm trying to do, but also showing that, you know, real people can do this and real people with osteoarthritis can do these things. So that's been kind of a sticking point, but I have put a ton of work into messaging and into understanding the audience. And then I imagine, does that translate, how does that then translate into the products you create? Cause I imagine it's just like, that's the next step. It's just kind of an obvious. Sure. Progression. Yeah. And it's, I mean, creating like a skeleton, like I created a skeleton pretty early on of a course, um, but then have been constantly tweaking it. I'm constantly asking members in the course, what could be better? What's missing? What do you wish that was in this course? Um, constantly getting feedback from people and yeah. really kind of taking that to heart. And that's one thing I really do enjoy about the online platform is you have the ability to just quickly make those changes instead of a book or a DVD or something like that, you have the ability to just add things in and, you know, modify things. So that way you can better serve the people that you have. So that's, I mean, a big part of it too, is making sure that it has everything that people want. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to that list, I imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And other lists, like I have one of, you know, people that have like what, um, not necessarily complaints, but what people are feeling currently, what people are struggling with currently. Um, and I have a couple of different things of um, different Instagram questions and things like that. Um, and that's one thing that an audience does bring is it brings a way of doing market research and doing um, getting a more clarity on what people actually want. And because people are seeing it and people are responding to it. Um, so that's been helpful too. Um, cause you get a wide range of answers and you can see and survey a wide range of people versus, you know, just a small group of 10 to 20 people. You can definitely get more of a, more clarity on that message. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, one of the things in software that we talk about is like the closer we are to our customers, the better the product's going to be. Yeah. And so the more, and there's a deliberate way to spend time with them that will like sort of create the best signal. Yeah. But there's no replacement for just spending time with the people that we serve. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I think it probably goes for anybody building an audience or any product. Yeah. And it's really just like talking to people. And I think that social media can feel a bit disconnected sometimes, which is why I do like Instagram, because you do have the ability to message or like on TikTok and things that seems a little bit away, like you seem a little further away. Um, but I think that um, really kind of talking to people, like doing discovery calls and things in the beginning. And for my course, I actually did a beta group of 12 people where we met every week and basically walked through what people were struggling with, what we were missing, what we were missing in the course, what people needed in the course, and really kind of did a deep dive and took all of that feedback. And so, I mean, really talking to people, not necessarily just through comments or messages, but actually talking to people via just a Zoom call or um, on the phone can help to get an insight. Because again, I take notes every time I talk to somebody and every time I am on a Zoom call with somebody. Um, and that's the reason why my course includes a 30-minute session with me. So I can get that feedback and really understand what people are missing and what where people are still struggling and where we can point them and continue to better serve them and the others that are coming down that pipeline. Oh, that's so cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so it's a way to get more direct feedback than just like simply asking like, oh, please leave a review or please leave feedback. It's offering that avenue where people can, you know, get some suggestions and things, but also give their personal feedback too. Yeah. And then the, that makes me then wonder about, I think you said you have a challenge coming up or, oh no, not a challenge. Excuse me. I'm getting you mixed up with another one. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah. You've got a program that you're offering. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So I, somebody just asked any tips on kneeling. It's hard to do. I literally just posted a reel today on that. So if you click on my uh, page or if you click on my name or whatever, um, you'll see that. Um, yeah. So I did create the arthritis adventure um, blueprint and that's kind of a way to serve my audience on a larger scale um, so I can reach more people and still get that one-on-one -on -one attention um, inside that course. And that has kind of been the uh, hallmark of my business and what I've been trying to grow it. We're trying to reach a thousand members um, and we're at about 400. So we have a little ways to go, but um it's been kind of an amazing journey, just learning about people. And uh, I do have a web class or a webinar coming up next week, um, a live webinar on the three steps to adventuring with osteoarthritis. Um, so if you go to my profile, you can click the link and see that. Um, but so that's... Sorry to interrupt. But people yes, <laughs> yes, I saw her in there. She, she is in that program. And so it definitely is a way just to tell people, okay, this is where you start and this is where we're going to end up. This is how you get to the result that you're looking for. And then we kind of go along that process in a very simple, um, easy to understand way. Doesn't necessarily mean it's easy to do because I know consistency is hard, but that's kind of when you have a direction and when you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, it becomes a little easier 
to be motivated and to stay consistent um, because that is one of the, I mean, fitness in general, that is one of the biggest things, fitness and I guess nutrition, um, it's just consistency and sticking to it is the hardest thing people have um, along the way. And so it's just kind of finding the best ways to be able to show that so that people continue to be adherent. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you, you called people members. What does membership look like? So right now it's just a um, lifetime membership of the, um, all of the information. So it goes by in four modules, um, walking through different things regarding pain and then exercise and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then it has other, uh, extra resources and things, videos I've done. Um, yes, it includes anti-inflammatory, uh, grocery list. So it kind of encompasses not just movement. So of course I'm movement biased because I'm a physical therapist, but I also realize that chronic pain has a lot more and inflammation has a lot more combined into it. Um, so we talk about food, we talk about sleep, we talk about relaxation and give you the tools to kind of address what is driving up your pain because you may not need exercise right away. You may have to address some of these other things. Like for example, somebody was in a, like a toxic relationship or a very stressful relationship and she could do all the exercises in the world, but still may experience high levels of pain because we have something else contributing. So it's really first prioritizing what you need to focus on. Um, but I am in the, uh, early stages of developing an actual membership. So continuity after this program, um, if you're in the camp of, okay, what's next? Like, I want more, I want more steps to follow and I want more workouts. I want, and the fact that people are excited about working out is so amazing to me. Um, but so I am working on, hopefully by the end of the year, it's going to be a big project, but that is coming down the pipeline only for blueprint members. So once you're in the arthritis adventure blueprint, then you will have access to this once this is created, but it will take a tad, <laughs> a tad bit of time to create this, but it is coming down the pipeline. That's so cool. So the blueprint helps people figure out where they should be focusing their time. And essentially where to start. Yeah. And where to start and provides mm -hmm. like movement based um, remedy and then also diet and other things that contribute to living healthily and, and not ending up with a broken hip. Yeah. And over time, there'll be a, like a community that all supports each other to go through that afterwards. Yeah. And That's somebody awesome. just asked about the Arthritis Adventure group. So it's just arthritisadventure.com. You can get inside the blueprint and then the membership isn't launched yet, but I'm hoping by the end of the year, early next year, we'll have something. But that the blueprint will keep you busy for a while. So just arthritisadventure.com. And it sounds like, yeah, the blueprint's the place to start and there's tons of content there. And then, I mean, the membership will come when it comes. Yeah. And that's what's been interesting too about growing an audience is you have more eyes on your stuff. And a lot of times I think people, and I fell victim to this because it took about two years of like nobody seeing my content to finally being like, hey, people are actually seeing this. Um, I'm actually talking to somebody. Um and you always want, you always want to change the product. Like you always want to create something new. You always want to, um, okay, this isn't working. So I need to do this. And one of my main goals this year was to focus on one thing before creating anything else, focus on one thing. And that's what I've done with the arthritis adventure blueprint. That has been my only offer right now. And that was purposeful, um, because I want people to know 
where to start. And I want people to get started on this journey. And I want everyone to see this. Um, and then we start to develop other things. But I have focused on one thing because if we have too many decisions, it can really cloud where to start and it can be overwhelming. And you already have tons of options with supplements and uh, different th braces, different things. And so finding one way to start, only having one option has been really helpful too, I think for a lot of people. Cool. I do wanna ask um, a little bit more about the early days. That's really interesting, it took you two years. I'm gonna quickly say, that if anybody on this call is interested in building audiences and learning how to connect with others over Instagram, like Alyssa's been so successful at, consider ch uh, following my channel because I'll keep doing interviews with like this with other people who have built audiences and I'm going to share what I learned along the way. So if that's something Which I that Oh, Which I think is interesting because a lot of times you just see like, oh, you have, you know, a certain number of followers. Oh, you have all these followers. And it seems very glamorous. But I think the story before is so important and it goes in business and everything. Like you just, a lot of times you just see the glamour, but it's the work that it took to get there before <laughs> is something that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And a lot of people don't necessarily understand because everything is so quick now. And so, um, it definitely is <laughs> an important part. And I think that the stories that you, um, that you see on your channel and that you'll continue to do, I think is just really important to get a perspective and to get not only understand what's possible, but also what it takes to get there. Yeah, totally. Clarison just started following me. Thank you, Clarison. Um, it's kind of interesting at this stage because how do I put this? I've got a, like a successful, a successful career and I've got, all these friends and family that are now starting to follow me, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And yeah. I, Nobody I'm knows like, what they're doing. <laughs> so I'm like putting, uh, like just putting it out there and like hoping it works. And I still remember, yeah, when like a, a few particular colleagues started following me, I remember going like, oh no, what have I committed to? Yeah. You know? um, but then, uh, I was, I saw a presentation recently and the presenter was like, have the courage to start small. And that's the thing is like you start and that's the good thing about it too, though, is like, even if you like don't know what you're doing at first, nobody's really going to see it. <laughs> and then once you start getting, and then all of a sudden something goes viral and then it's like, oh my God, I have so many people seeing my content now. <laughs> that it's like, um, it's crazy. But, um, Absolutely. I think the reps in the beginning and just like experimenting with things and trying different things is a, such a vital part of the journey. Totally. Well, it's kind of interesting, the, the idea that like few people see it. Like this stage, I think, is actually quite valuable to watch, but it's hard yeah. to find. Yeah. Because like, how do you find someone with only, like in my case, I think I have 430 followers or something now. And it's like, but if you watch my channel, you're going to see stuff that goes well. And you're also going to see stuff that doesn't go that well. Yeah. And all of that's learning. Yeah. So no, totally. Yeah. It is an interesting time to follow somebody like me because hopefully I won't be at this stage for very long. Well, then people are like, I remember you in the beginning. Like, I, I remember <laughs> when we were doing this. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, like I said, really important to see the story and to just see the journey. I have a lot of people who were the OGs of my community and now are, you know, still following me today. So it's, um, it's definitely important to stick with somebody along the journey. Yeah. 
So if that sounds interesting to you, please press what I don't actually don't know where the button is, but a few people have I know. <laughs> on my profile. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, so the early days, you said nobody saw your content for two years. What what changed? Like, where do you think the turning point was? So it might not have been nobody, but it was very few people. So I originally started on YouTube, actually, um, or poured a lot of time into YouTube at first. Um, and YouTube is more of a long game type thing. Um, and I was still getting clear on the messaging. So I wasn't really reaching the right people. Um, or really understanding it was like in the, the mistake a lot of people make in the beginning, it was content I wanted to post, not content people were looking for particularly. Um, and the tech was awful and I've tried to delete a lot of the early videos. Um, and then started moving to Instagram and then Facebook. And so it was a very slow process in the beginning. And I think it was truly because of the messaging and truly because I wasn't particularly clear on who I wanted to help and who I was out there looking for. And so then people weren't particularly able to connect. But I went kind of all in on social media. I really like creating content. And so I was creating YouTube videos. I had a Facebook group. I was posting on Facebook. I was doing Instagram. Um, I started TikTok a little bit later. Um, Pinterest was also a big, um, a big part of the journey and is probably one of my biggest traffic sources right now. Um, but it's, interesting because I was consistent for the past two years, probably. We don't have kids and it's just my husband and I. So we've had a little bit more time, especially through COVID and things. Um, so I create a lot of content. Um, and I know some people don't enjoy doing that, but I truly think that the, and a lot of people say this, this isn't new, but I mean, truly consistency and showing up for your audience, like doing lives, um, doing, and I did a lot more of that in the beginning, um, interviewing people. Like I've interviewed people that have osteoarthritis and I started a podcast. And so I have, and I think one of the biggest things that I did in the beginning was I created a web. A lot of people tell you, Oh, focus on one channel, focus on one social media. I did it all. <laughs> and it was a lot of work, but now people are finding me from all different channels. I get a lot of people from Pinterest. I get a lot of people, of course, from Instagram. I get a lot of people from Facebook. Um, and so I've spread my web out big enough that now I'm not just reliant on one. Like for example, my Pinterest was suspended or something and I have no idea why for a brief period of time, but that was where like 75% of my website traffic was coming from. Wow. And so it was like, oh my gosh. So then I got to thinking, then I started a podcast actually, because it's like you need to have a way that if Instagram is gone tomorrow, that you can still reach your traffic. Of course, an email list is important, and um, but having other channels that because a lot of people are getting their TikToks and Instagrams taken away. Um, so I think spreading that web out early is not for everyone, um, but it is something that I did in the beginning, and I learned a lot doing it because um, each platform is a little bit different, and so it was just been a constant tweaking and changing things and modifying and. Yeah. So there's two things you said there I want to key on. The first is you said things started to change when you created videos that your audience wanted, not that you wanted. And uh, I imagine that comes from just spending time with them, 
right? Like this goes back to the same thing. Like the more time we spend with them, the more we understand what they need. And that's where we can figure out. Sure. Yeah. And of course, if you don't like have a lot of people to pick from, like to hear from in the beginning, then obviously you want to make content that, you know, you want to post because you do want to attract the right audience. Um, But then it's just making a little shift of saying, like, I see um, a lot of physical therapists that are, you know, just posting, here's how to improve ankle dorsiflexion. If your audience is physical therapists, that's great because they know what that is. But if it's not, and if you're trying to reach actual, you know, people that don't necessarily have a medical background or even know what that is, you're not going to connect with them. That's not what they want to see. Do you have a hard time getting down into the bottom of a squat? Or do you have, you know, uh, does your ankle feel stiff when you walk? That is kind of the, just the small shift of kind of even just the hook in the beginning. And so that was kind of a, um, a big change that I've started to make is starting to focus more on messaging it in a way, but still posting, you know, the things that you want to post, but making it more relatable. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, especially on Instagram. So there was a question that makes sense. There was a question earlier about Pinterest that I want to get back to, but the hook question, how do you think about creating good hooks? That list. Seriously, it's, it's taking notes, like really, like even copying and pasting like comments you get that may be helpful down the road. Um, One of my questions in my Facebook group is what are you hoping to get out of this group? And for a while I was copying and pasting every answer people said. So I also have that list um, because then I go back. Cause it's, I mean, I don't always have tons and tons of ideas when I'm feeling, you know, I need an idea or I need something, um, a way to approach it. It's looking back and thinking about those things um, and then addressing those. So it goes back to just connecting with the audience using their words, um, like sitting cross-legged, I would have maybe called it something else or, you know, things that people are going to be able to relate to, but just using their words and taking notes. I'm going to create that list. Yes. So we got five minutes to go. I want to go uh, circle back to the Pinterest. Somebody asked, why does Pinterest work so well? Uh, And that's a good question. I haven't heard that many people who have found success on Pinterest. So why does that work for you? Do you think? Well, um, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I think my demographic is on Pinterest. So like I said, I'm looking for, I don't know, about 40 to, I don't really have a specific age range, but like 40 to 70, I would say, um, is a majority of the audience. And I think Pinterest was bigger, like, I don't know, five years ago. People were always on Pinterest, always creating boards, always doing things. And so I think it just kind of carried through. I mean, I still use Pinterest today to look for ideas of recipes and different things, um, I guess it's more of a search engine so you can kind of search for something and see targeted content versus Instagram. You're just kind of scrolling and hoping you see something you relate to. So that could be one of the reasons, but I have gotten so much traction on Pinterest. Um, And it may just be the age of the demographic. Like maybe younger people aren't particularly using Pinterest as much as an older demographic. Um, It's kind of hard to say, but um, they have kind of some of the same real style, TikTok style, short videos. Um, and then also just the regular static pins. It's a lot of volume, um, to post on Pinterest. Uh, but 
it is very beneficial because their creator fund also pays very well. So oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is there anything we should have talked about that we didn't? I didn't give you a chance to ask me any questions, but I didn't also ask you to come with any prepared. So, uh, but I just wanted to give you a chance to take the conversation anywhere you want to take it for the last few minutes. Well, I just think when it comes to growing an audience, um, really what was a tipping point for me is earlier this year, I had two reels go viral. And that was literally it. Um, and I had been posting every day and starting to experiment with things. And then all it took was like two. And I just have a friend who this just happened to. Two or three of her reels just went viral. And it's usually not the ones you expect. And it's usually the ones that take two minutes to create. And um, so it all it takes is just a few just to catch on. And literally, I probably got 60 to 80,000 followers like in two days. Wow. Um, wow. And so, so the growth can be very, very quick, but also it's important to have places to send people. So if you get like a ton of followers, where do they go? Do you have like a lead magnet? Do you have somewhere where you can capture these people and keep them in your ecosystem? Cause that it was very overwhelming all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I have so many people that are looking and so many people that, you know, want all these things from me. My DMs were flooding um, and it was very, very overwhelming. Um, but now I'm kind of in the groove and things are fine, but it was super overwhelming. So I think having a way where you can direct people, where you can send people um, to get, you know, free content, et cetera, um, is definitely a way to capitalize on that. Um, so having that early definitely is important. Very cool. So I don't know if you have like a lead magnet or anything or a freebie or. I do. I have a, an email list that uh, I run workshops every two weeks. Oh, nice. Okay. Different subjects around building an audience. The last one was like how to define your philosophy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so the, uh, I do have an email list. Uh, now that I think about it, it's not even on my Instagram profile. So I'll add it there today, but. Um, by joining that list and you can get an invite to join the workshops and there's small workshops okay. between like four and eight people oh nice yeah something like that to, and then all of a sudden like if you got 20,000 followers overnight that may <laughs> that four to eight may grow to be a lot more so <laughs> totally. so just a way to capture them that's a good plan I should be a bit more deliberate about that I think or you could just take like what you usually do in a workshop and maybe turn a couple of the points into a freebie or something um, where people can download. And so you don't have to necessarily have that interaction with everyone. They can get your information in other ways. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for that tip. Yes. So I would definitely do that. Um, <laughs> definitely create something. So that way, when you have people coming to you, they can find out more and they can, because um, that's one thing I don't like about um, some people that they don't have a link or anything. So you don't have a way to like learn more about them um, and, or have a way that you can actually interact and, you know, get something, get a freebie, learn more, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that's a, definitely an opportunity. Yeah. And then I don't have to like, do something manual every time or exactly I'm because live things but it's time consuming and depending because, on me showing up yes and like i said if you all of a sudden got like twenty thousand followers it's like oh my goodness i have no way of getting these people or have so many people that are interested in these workshops and things and so yeah start here first and then you know move into that
Linda says she needs on lists. I don't know if she needs to on your list or mine, but for either of us, send, follow either of us and then send us a message. Linda, yes. And we can put you on the list you want to be on. Yes, absolutely. Well, maybe we can wrap up there. Or is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up? Not really. It's just really stay consistent and really dial in your messaging. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and I think doing these lives is important for you because then it's, you know, taking notes or even just kind of saying like the questions people are asking or what people want to know more about and that sort of thing. So that way then you can kind of tailor to the content and different hooks and things that you can use. Yeah. One question was, I don't know how to do reels, So I'll write that one down. <laughs> yes, that could be, see, that could be your freebie. Um, so yeah, it's definitely just kind of always listening and always watch someone said loved your lives so that's perfect um, oh that's amazing if that's for me thank you busy bees yes so i think that it's so important these stories can be good because they can make it seem achievable like i am no instagram guru like i am just a person who found it and is continuing to dial in my messaging. It's not perfect, but, um, and it happened for me. So it can totally happen for you. And I think 50,000 is definitely achievable. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's really what I'm out here to do. Like I'm someone, I started at zero with no understanding of how to so do So did it. I. Yep. And I'm, yeah, so exactly. did I. <laughs> we all did, right? Yeah. And so anybody here who w wants to build an audience or improve their health, we all started at a place <laughs> where, like we started at zero and we have to build up and consistency, consistency, believing we can do it. And then I think from the audience perspective, understanding what they want. Or yeah. Sounds like the three things to focus on. Yeah, it really is. If you're interested in learning more about how to build an audience on Instagram, well, just an audience in general, actually, please follow my account. And if you want to learn more about, actually, I'll let you talk to give. Yeah. If you want to adventure with osteoarthritis and not just find pain relief, then you can head on over to my channel as well and find me anywhere. <laughs> I am everywhere. So if you search arthritis adventure, odds are you'll find me somewhere. Thank you so much for spending the morning with me. And, yes. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you on the next uh, CCX thing. Whatever yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Thank you so much. You too. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. If this podcast has brought you hope and inspiration, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, if you're looking for more information on how to start your own arthritis adventure, head to www.keeptheadventurealive.com. Or follow me on YouTube by searching Alyssa Arthritis Adventure. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A -S 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 Arthritis Adventure. We'll see you next time.